Welcome to Freaky Fauna Friday, where every Friday we take a little time and explore some of the freaks of nature from around the planet we cherish so deeply. So please, jump aboard and let's explore the wilds together. Hey guys, welcome back all you freaks and freakettes wow, to Freaky Fauna Friday. It is Friday already, wow, this week just flew by. <laughs> and I am the great and powerful Mr. E. And I'm Jay. Uh, what is the? It's we sound like a. Uh, oh, what what's it called? The talk shows. The other side of the radio. The other side. You have FM, and then you have the other one. AM. We sound like an AM talk show. Yeah, hey well, guys. Yeah, this is your AM NPR. Uh, NPR. That's what. You that's wanted. what it is. Yeah. That's the word. Okay. Here's some propaganda we're going to shove down your throats. And... Not the right show. Oh yeah, sorry. Freaky fun of Friday. Friday. Yeah, this is. We're going to talk about the Okapi. The Okapi. This is one that I've heard pronounced all kinds of ways. O-K-A-P-I. Yes. This, Easy to spell. Yes. This is the one that looks like... Everybody's probably seen one and maybe not know what they're called. Uh, they are in the giraffe family, which we'll talk about here in a minute. They are very tall. They're not as long-necked as a giraffe, but they have a very long neck. They're very big animals. They kind of look like halfway between a giraffe and a zebra. For sure, a zebra with the legs. They or have the stripes on their legs. They yeah. have brown backs, but they have a very giraffe head, including the mating knobs. Mating knobs. You know what they use those for? Mating? Nope. Oh. All right. Ready? <laughs> yeah. For the Okapi? Yes. They belong in the giraffe family. At first glance, they do kind of look like a giraffe and a zebra. Uh, the stripes on their legs, after all, do evoke the distinct markings of the zebra. Yet, they are n- no, nothing related to the zebras. They're just giraffes. It is weird, though, how their pattern it literally is the same, like on their legs. Their zebra pattern part, it's the same pattern. That's weird. So here's one to bother you. They are even-toed ungulates, <gasps> a broad group that includes most hoofed mammal species, while zebras are odd-toe ungulates. Ah, I did not know that. How many toes does a zebra have? Well, if it's odd-toed, gosh, one. Yes. Yes. Good job. Uh, that includes horses, rhinos, and tapirs being odd toes. Right, makes sense. So rhinos actually have, I believe, it's three. Yeah. Uh, and tapirs have three. Horses have one. That one big toe. Right. Yep. With the big shoe on it. Mm-hmm. And then these guys have two. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, the okapi the oca or okapi's head is very similar to that of a giraffe. You know, if you took the colors off, it really does look very similar. Right. Yeah. They are the only surviving member of the giraffe family who aren't true giraffes. Hmm. So they used to be a, quite a diverse group of animals, and now they're limited to just literally the couple species of giraffe that are left and okapies. And that's it? And that's it. Wow. They are pretty unique. Uh, once again, they are the alone species in their genus, Okapaya, which is joins giraffes with two extinct genus of giraffe or day. Okapis aren't as tall as giraffes since tree leaves in the jungles are much easier to reach in their habitats. I was just going to ask you, how tall do these things get? Uh, like eight foot, nine foot tall. Okay. Uh, they're still very big. They're still very big herbivores. They're just not As big giraffes. as a giraffe. Because giraffes are pretty, I mean, they're exceptionally tall. Yeah, so let's talk about the stripes. Okay. So giraffes are spotted. These guys are striped. Stripes. And we'll talk about their purposes. Yep. Do you know why giraffes are spotted? I'm imagining there's... They blend into their environments, right? Yeah, but they're also twenty foot tall, so right. But they I'm, stick out in the savanna quite easily. Yeah, 
I mean, I don't know. Is it confusion pattern? Yes, or something it's that? cryptic patterning. Yeah, it creates a uh, especially in herds. It, it gives a predators a hard time of telling where one draft starts and one draft ends. And Same thing with zebra stripes. Oh, uh, okay. That's why zebras are all striped like that, and they get in big groups. It makes it very hard for predators to single one out. Right, like the weakling or yeah. something. I don't know. For drafts, it's more aimed towards younger drafts. Oh, to so, hide them. Yeah, to hide them. Uh, there's not many predators of adult draft now. Big Pride the Lions have taken down adult drafts for videos of this. Mm-hmm. It's just as dangerous for the Lions as it is for the draft. Mm-hmm. It's more of a last thing. You know, same thing with like rhinos and who gets the last hit in. Yeah. Yeah. Rhinos and elephants, they can be preyed upon by big predators. It's just not good for the big predators. Right. Exactly. Uh, so the stripes on the oak by his legs provide excellent camouflage. While drafts tend to forage in more open habitats like the savanna, Occupies live in the rainforest, where they blend in uncannily well with the shadows in the filtered sunlight. Hmm. So if you see them in the zoo and you're like, how does this thing hide? Exactly, yeah. They are one of the best hiders on the planet. Hmm. They literally, uh, they disappear so fast. Is that why we didn't know about them until the 60s? We'll get there. Okay. Uh, that's one of the big reasons that, and they're extremely shy. Okay. These guys go out of their way to hide from everything. These guys definitely have like a persecution complex where stuff really wants to eat them. So some trauma happened in their mm-hmm. past, that's for sure. In addition to camouflage, these stripes also serve a secondary purpose. Uh, yeah, the uh, okapi stripes are sometimes referred to as follow-me stripes because they are all over. They help baby okapi see their, their parents through the vegetation. So the stripes on the okapi is almost perfectly in line to the baby's eye levels. That makes sense because it's so, just their legs. Yeah, but it's just one spot of their legs. It's not their whole legs. But true, yeah. So it's maybe the sign where the babies know the pattern to follow through the, the thick rainforest. Because mm, it is the back of their legs. Yeah. yeah. These animals are very big, and they move through this deep, dense brush like it's nothing. Hmm. There's someone swimming through the rainforest. They're, they're, very, they're very fast. Sounds majestic. Mm-hmm. Any questions about okapis so far? Not yet. Mm-mm. Wild okapis only live in one country. Africa. Africa is a continent. Oh, yeah, duh. Wild okapis exist in central, northern, and eastern regions of the Dominican Republic of the Congo. Uh, okay, so I was at least got the continent right. Yeah, of uh, course they're from the Congo, though. They once uh, uh, Uganda, they were found there, but they are extinct there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were found probably pretty much through all of the rainforest regions of Africa. The only wild okapis we can still find are in the Congo, and they're not doing hot there either. Gotcha, poor guys. Okapis are limited to very high dense rainforest enclosed canopy habitats. So their habitat preference is very selective. Okay. Uh, between and they're even ha- like meters, like uh, sea level is selective, for between fifteen and five thousand feet above sea level. The most in habitat primary or older secondary forest, according to the International Union of Conservation of Nature, the IUCN. So when I say ICUN, right, Larry List, that's the group that's doing that. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, they do. Uh, they don't occur in the normal rainforest galleries. Savannas, disturbed habitats surrounding large human settlements, they don't occur. These guys are very habitat-specific. That leads to them being very low in numbers. Uh, here's another big problem for them. Okay. Their fur is extremely velvety and oily. Ooh, why is that a problem? Oh, because we want, want it. it. Yeah, of course. The bulk of the Okapai's body is covered in a dark purple or reddish-brown fur. With dense and feels like velvet. Mm. Okapis also produce oil on their skin that helps them waterproof their fur. A beneficial addition to living in a rainforest. According to the Oklahoma City Zoo, captive okapis in the zoo 
often enjoy a neck rub, which reportedly leaves a dark, slick, rubbery residue on the hands of their caretakers. Mm, okay. Any uh, zoos around us have an okapai? Yeah, Toledo has one. Really? And Toledo has two. Why didn't I know this? They're there. Most people actually walk past their habitat. Yeah. Because they hide very well. well. Wow. I want to go pet one. I wouldn't do that. You don't want the oil on your hands? No, they all giraffifies have temperature tempers. Yeah, but they like me. Okay. Giraffes are my favorite animals. They know that. They can uh, sense it. They are rarely seen in the wild. Right. That's yep. my next little fact for you. Okapai have long been known to the indigenous people of the rainforest. Uh, but the species is not known globally until 1901, uh, when British explorer uh, colonist Harry John or Harry Johnston obtained a skin and a skull of an okapi before the rumors of the forest-dwelling unicorn in Central Africa was circulating among Europeans. <laughs> the okapi remained so elusive. In fact, there were no images of an okapi in the wild. Until 2008. Oh, wow. And the first wild okapi was captured by the Zoological Society of London uh, trap cameras. Wow. So these guys are extremely good at hiding. Right, yeah. We did catch a bunch of them to import in the zoos in the 60s and 70s. Uh, They weren't fully documented until the 60s. That's crazy. 1960s. And it's a big animal. And they're really good at hiding. Yeah. Their tongues are long enough to clean their own ears and eyes. (laughs) It's like a giraffe too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very... It's very similar like, to the, their the build. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're just a rainforest giraffe. Okay. They're a lot stockier and heavier. Right. They're yeah. not heavier than a giraffe, but if they were the same size, size they'd they would be, be quite a lot heavier. Right. Like a like a mastodon and a, a mammoth. Yeah. There you go. Okapies are herbivores feeding on leaves, buds, fruits, uh, trees, as well as ferns, grasses, and fungi. Uh, they can eat up to 65 pounds of food a day. They play an important role in the ecology of native rainforests as they devour a variety of plants. Uh, they th- This task is made easier by this prehensile tongue, which can grow up to 14 inches long, Dang. allowing them to wrap around branches and strip them of leaves. So literally, if you watch a giraffe or an okapai eat, their tongue wraps around this branch and just pulls oh, everything off. That's awesome. Like a, like a Bigfoot pulling the berries off a bush. So these big... Rainforest herbivores are extremely important because they keep the rainforest continuously opening. Mm, okay, so allow sunlight in. That and space for new life to grow. It, yeah. Like they, yeah. So the rainforest doesn't completely get choked out is what it's called. See, we need more giraffes. We need more okapi. So elephants provide this same thing for savanna habitats. They right. keep the savannas from getting eaten up by forest. They plow it all open. They, they pull the trees out. Yep. They, they literally, it's a part of their rituals. You know, they knock trees over as a part of their rituals. Uh, and then we think sauropod dinosaurs, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, is Argentinosaurus. Similar niche. Like when they went extinct, all the other species followed suit. Yeah. Because all everything got eaten up by force. So all the other big herbivores, like the Triceratops and stuff like that, that were ground-eating herbivores, their food disappeared because the trees. They couldn't knock trees over. They could. Trees competed like, them. We're talking, you know, redwoods. Right, yeah. These guys knocked the Argentinosaurus, knocked over the redwoods. Speaking of which, if you really hate your neighborhood... Plant a redwood. <laughs> okay. In about 300 years, they're going to hate you. Uh, I, You don't think you understand how fast they grow. They grow that fast, really? Yeah, like 30 years, it'll be everybody's problem. That'd be sweet. I would like to plant redwoods out on our property. Yeah, they will literally destroy foundations. Like, Can they live in this yeah. environment, really? That'd be neat. There's three redwoods in Ada, Ohio. 
Huh? Mm-hmm. Where? It will be a problem in the next 25 years. Where? I'll show you later. All right. They speak a secret and quiet language. Ooh, okay. The Okapis uh, share the draft's reputation with being quite quiet as far as large mammals come. Mm-hmm. Much like giraffes, they do make sounds to communicate. Researchers from the San Diego Zoo recorded these coughs, bleats, and whistles from the Okapis. But only when later analysis or analyzed by the recordings more closely in a lab did they realize that they had captured even more. Mm. Okapis emit super low frequencies. Infrasound? Beyond, not quite to that range, below infrasound. Oh, oh okay. So infrasound's a very small band of sound. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And infrasound's like just out of our hearing range. Right. That's why it still affects us. Uh, this is a little bit below that. Uh, so it's well beyond the sound that human can hear. They can even bum, 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 talk an infrasound. Ah, uh, I jumped ahead. Yes. Thank you for ruining my punchline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were one of the few mammals of, of this body size they can talk really well in infrasound. Interesting. And this may be some of the scary legends in the Congo about these creatures that developed. Was this infrasound emitting? Yeah. Uh, as we've talked about on the Curves of the Corn podcast, the infrasound can directly affect the psyche of humans. Inhibits fear. It creates fear, not inhibits. Oh, it's not inhibits? Inhibits means like remove or stop. Oh. No, it incites. There we go. That it incites fear. Still, Panic, you know, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. So these guys talking can actually create a lot of fear response, and then you see a very mysterious large shape move in the woods. Yeah. And then you just, you know, you're, you're, you run away. Connect the dots. Um, Scary monster. You ready for uh, another freaky fun effect? Yes. These guys love eating bat poop. Ooh, guano. Mm-hmm. Pure guano. They are. They do have a plant-based diet, and they feast on, you know, like we said, fruits, buds, twigs, leaves, etc. Like we said, they consume 65 pounds of food. Uh, they do have quite the appetite for bat guano when they can get it. Okapies will also have been seen eating clay, burnt wood, and other... Uh, Inorganic material or organic materials, burnt wood. Yeah, they love eating burnt wood. <laughs> what? So it's weird. A lot of animals seek out burnt wood because hmm. the carbon. It's good for their stomachs. It actually is good for parasites. Hmm. So when we had pigs, they'd actually feed pigs burnt wood and stuff to help clear out their guts. Makes sense. Yeah, the carbon's really good for that. It's just not. You know, you don't ever imagine like going out. You know, foraging just burnt wood. I'm gonna gnaw on that. Uh, that's what's in your water filter. Oh, I know that. It's activated carbon. It, I'm just saying it's not one of the first things that come to mind when you're out there. Humans like, eat burnt wood. I need to. I need to forage for food. Berries, mushrooms, burnt wood. Mm-hmm. You just don't know how to survive. <laughs> not that way. In other ways. So, like I said, they weren't. Uh, they weren't known till man till the main world until relatively recently. Uh, with them not being an or so, an animal's hides were taken in the 1880s and 70s. Uh, you know, so 200 years ago, they yep. were being taken in, and nobody believed them. And the skulls, they were just saying, were juvenile giraffes. Yeah, you know, they're very similar to giraffes. Uh, 1901 was the first official one that science believed. They were called a unicorn for the next 60 years, not in the sense of having one horn, as in the sense of being a an unattainable animal. Yes, yeah. And then in the 60s is when we started actually bringing captive ones back. Uh-huh. Uh, they are extremely endangered. This is my last little fact for you. They are red listed. 
uh, their numbers. Trying to survey these animals is very hard because of how elusive they are. Mm-hmm. You could be right next to them and they you won't know it. You can't count them, yeah. The low end of the range, we have them under 10,000. The high end is 30,000. Not a lot for the whole Congo. Right. We're talking about a gigantic swath of land. Congo's huge mm-hmm. and very undocumented. Uh, they have already, experts already believe that their populations halved in the last 25 years. So 25 years ago, they may have had up to 60,000 individuals, and we may be down as low as 10,000. I could see it exponentially shrinking. Yeah. They are red listed, uh, which is the IUCN red list. Okay. Uh, which means that they are at high risk of extinction within our lifetime. Gotcha. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, they don't have a very fast reproductive rate. Uh, they take a long time to take care of their offspring. They do a, like a very long gestation. They do a very long caretaking period. Mm. Uh, so they just, even if stuff does improve, it's a species that you don't see fast improvement, and that really discourages people. You know, this, this will be like one of those, once they do actually are gone, it's like no one will believe. They ever existed. They're just walking amongst us like now. Even pictures of them don't look real. Like yeah. They don't look real. They don't, no. It's weird because drafts don't look real either, but we've all kind of accepted that that's just what a draft yes. looks like. This looks like almost like an AI-generated animal. animal. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any questions about the okapi? Not really questions. It's a really interesting animal, though, and it's in my, like, drafts are my favorite animals, probably. The only First other member in their genus that's not a true giraffe. Right, yeah. The only other species. I didn't even realize giraffes, I mean, yeah, they're pretty unique. I didn't realize they were all by themselves. I think there's only two true species of giraffe, mm-hmm. and then there's several subspecies in both of those species. Right, right, yeah. Uh, it's I think it's reticulated and spotted. Mm, okay. I believe is the two main species or main two groups of giraffes. It's really is the spots, are they kind of circular, or are they hard-lined? Right, yeah. So, or like that one that was just born that has none. Yeah. <laughs> and it still has a couple, but. Yeah. But I mean, as far as, it's more like spot. It's got spot. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. On the belly. That's where their spots still shine through. Uh, the lines are still on that draft, that one that was just born. Yeah. They're just really dark. I wonder if it gets older, too. If it'll, it'll start showing. I 100% yeah. think so. You know what would be really awesome is a melanistic giraffe. They're there. It'd be awesome to have. They, we've had melanistic giraffes. Uh, there's mosey drafts and stuff like that. They have like almost a b- black back, but they're not melanistic. Oh wow! There are there are drafts are one of these animals that do get With some like, variation in color. That's one animal I wish I could own. And they have a really big range. Hmm. In Georgia, you're not allowed to have a giraffe that's taller than the local telephone wires. Ah, did not know that. Yeah, it's one of those weird laws we had to look up in high school. <laughs> no, I guess no cappy would be a pretty sweet second though. Yeah, Okapi would definitely be much more manageable. I think we could start breeding them here and have an Okapi farm. They they breed Okapis in the in captivity. They're really? just they're so slow. Yeah, it's just you know when a whole reproductive cycle may take five or six years. Well, quail and Okapi just hybridize them. And all, then, yeah. Oh, this is the farm. <laughs> yeah, this is the farm. This is yeah. quail and Okapi. We got quail meat and Okapi milk. Yeah, I don't think they'll take kindly to being milked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think we could. I think we got a business plan here. They still have canines. Ooh, they're part of the ungulates that still have like. There's a freaky fauna fact. There you go. All right, I've been the great and powerful mystery, and I've been Jay. Uh, what's the words of wisdom going into the weekend, Jay? Um, it's, you know, it's starting to get a little chilly out. Just remember to bundle up, eat warm meals. It's know. okay to be as elusive as an okapi. That's right. Or. As present as the mighty giraffe, whatever you're comfortable with, 
Just live your life and be happy. And be you. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Freaky Fat on a Friday. If you want to help the podcast grow, remember to share and give it a five-star review.